Banana Bunch, another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast is upon us. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I've been threatening this episode for a little bit, so I really, really hope you love it. I was super thankful to get to sit in on this conversation, and in turn, I wanted to invite you in to see the whole process. So, today, we are joined by both Ferd and Jared of our beard team here at both Jungle locations. So, Ferd's here at Fairfield, Jared's over at the Eastgate store as well as the team from 50 West Brewing, who you may know are working with us on our Road to the Jungle beer series. If you're unfamiliar with that, I tell you to scoot back a couple of episodes to listen to the first time we had 50 West on here, but even more clear to save you that kind of time, we here at the Jungle have been working on a series of beers with 50 West Brewing and the first one just came and it went so fast thanks to all of you coming out here to try it out. It was a juicy IPA using some fresh Cara Cara oranges from us. So today, again, I'm letting you all be in the room with us while we concoct the plan for our second beer in the series, which conveniently enough releases on Friday, February 25th, and you'll be able to get it in both stores. I thought the format for this episode was pretty cool. I guess that is my opinion, and I'm a little bit biased. But we sat around, we tried out some different beers from 50 West and more. We talked about the things that we liked and what we hope to accomplish with our next release. But don't let me spoil this too much. I just wanted to jump in, give you a little explanation in case you were either new or you were a longtime listener and you didn't quite get what you were expecting from the usual episode. But you know... That's kind of what makes this show so much fun to me. (laughs) Like, sure, yeah, there's a bit of a format, but realistically, we're all about the unexpected here at the jungle, baby. Like how you thought I was going to ask you for a podcast review on this episode, but then totally didn't remind you that you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right? Unexpected. Oh, but on a more serious side, I do have one final bit before I jump in. While this may be clear to those of you repeat listeners, I never want to censor my guests. I feel like it's up to me to bring out people's passions for what they're into, and sometimes passion means that they might drop the occasional F-bomb or something like that. Personally, I don't think that makes them bad people, but I do want to give you all the chance to say, hey Mark, thanks for warning me about expletives. You're welcome. If you feel real strongly about this though, feel free to drop me a line at podcast at junglegyms.com. Oh, and if you are an avid listener of the show, you might recognize a few bits of this because I did run a teaser for this episode a couple of weeks ago. So if you're thinking to yourself, I've listened to this, just skip to about 15 minutes into the interview itself and you'll be all set. Okay. All right. Now where I'm out of things, I hope you all enjoy the show. Okay, everyone. So if you haven't listened already before, you're doing me a disservice audience, but you should go back and listen to the first beer episode we did with 50 West. But I thought I would try to catch any potential new listeners up since we've got a bunch of new listeners in the last couple of weeks. So obviously, since you all are here, talk to me. What's the road to the jungle? What, what are we working at here? Road to the jungle is our collaboration beer with Jungle Gyms and 50 West Brewing Company. And... Um, 50 West is the road that goes from the East Coast to the West Coast. 
So, and then jungle is jungle gyms. And so, I mean, it made sense. Like people were like, oh, you got to call it jungle brew. Like lame, horrible name. Like right. don't like it. Like, so I was like road to the jungle, you know, in all, essence, all roads lead to the jungle, but there's that one road 50 that goes from East coast to West coast. And I threw it out there and it was funny cause it was the first thing I threw out and everybody was like, perfect works. Awesome. And so that means we're not categorizing ourselves to a certain style that we can change the style for all the different beers we have and just road to the jungle volume one, road to the jungle volume two, road to the volume jungle 65. Hopefully we'll get to that high up and I'm, you know, I'm like I'm retiring on my last beer. Like, all right, road to the jungle <laughs> and the, like the wheels be, are falling <laughs> off right and no longer do i can i drive but um we're gonna drink this beer one last time so on like so. the design and the naming and obviously you for you took a you know lead on that on the naming but on the design is that a 50 west thing or is that like a collaboration between 50 west and us it was a collab uh we have a designer in house uh his name's alex he's really good at what he does um but they worked, Alex uh, worked internally um, with with our team and then um, got us, got our, you know, idea of what the, the brand, you know, what we wanted the brand to look like um, to like a cohesive point. And then we, um, we, you know, looked at what Jungle had and then we kind of combined both the ideas. Perfect. I love yeah. that. And I think it's safe to say, I won't bury the lead too much, but we're looking at doing a stout this time, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Scott, this is probably a question for you. Time to sh time to shine, baby. Um, so in a short, what's the TLDR on this? What is a, like? What makes a beer stout? Um, so stout. I mean, it's the name. This just evolved. You know, has evolved over the years. The exact definition of, of where it came from, I couldn't really tell you. But um, the, the way to one way to think about beer is kind of the evolution of the color scale. Um, so, you know, there are blonde ales, which are very, very light. Mm -hmm. uh, then there are amber ales, which are, you know, a little redder. And then there's a brown ale, which is brown. And then... Uh, Crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it makes all <laughs> sense. And then the next one after that's porter, because, you know, porter's a little browner than brown, right? Right. Uh, so, exactly. But uh, <laughs> And then after porter is stout. So, if you kind of think of, of beers along the color spectrum, uh, that's kind of the evolution. And what that means flavor-wise is, again, in simplistic terms, you know, a, a, a golden ale or a blonde ale uh, is all very, very lightly colored malts. It's going to be generally light, lighter in, you know, body and flavor, et cetera. Uh, as you get darker, you start getting more highly kilned malt. So the malt has basically been roasted, uh, so it starts to turn darker. And, you know, uh, brown ales have a little bit of a browner colored malt that's been added, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get all the way to a stout, and you're at the point where you're talking about very highly roasted malt. So it's, you know, it's black, and, and when that... Uh, grain is used to make the beer it's turning it's turning in a much darker color um the more you roast the grain a few different things happen the flavors kind of change they you know you go from a, a very light toasty bready kind of character to more of a kind of a caramel character all the way to uh, a very roasted almost smoky chocolate uh coffee even even okay. characteristics uh the more and more you kill it so the more of those grains that are used, obviously, then the flavor of the beer goes in that direction as well. So, you know, a stout's going to be uh, darker. It's going to have more roast character, maybe even a little hints of chocolate, uh, hints of coffee, things like that. It sounds more delicious And this. I, I think you kind of t maybe touched on this a bit, but it's something I know I've occasionally heard in a brewery or, uh, you know, anywhere I'm drinking beer or maybe 
You know what, Scott? Maybe I've even said this once in my life. But, you know, some people are like, I don't like dark dark beers. Is there a certain why or is there a certain characteristic that you think they might be responding to? Or is this potentially a lack of knowledge that we could educate the customer on? Well, it's always a lack of knowledge, I, I like to believe. But um, I sort so of gener- the same. <laughs> generally, generally speaking, I'm just kidding. Uh, generally, with love. So generally, generally speaking, uh, and this is from my experience, so I can only you know, speak to what, what I've run into. Thank you. Um, when, when people say they don't like dark beer, uh, a lot of times what I think they're referring to is they don't really like a beer that has a lot more body and mm-hmm. is more filling. Um, kind of like which, heavy, yeah, heavier, you know, heavier on the palate, heavier on the stomach, if you will. Um, because that's what a lot of times people say, Oh, I don't, I don't like dark beer. It's too heavy or, you know, whatever. And that is true of some darker beers for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not true of all darker beers. Um, I could even make the same, uh, argument for light colored beers. Like I can make you, I can make a light colored beer. that is the thickest, heaviest thing you've ever drank in your life. There's not a lot of those that are out there, so you don't really run into it very often. Generally speaking, you know, lighter colored beers are going to be lighter in flavor and body. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times people say they don't like dark beer. I, I think it usually they're usually referring to the body, the mouthfeel, just the kind of heaviness of it. I love that you answered uh, like eight of my other questions in that. Yeah, like it doesn't have to always be heavy. You don't have to. There I, and and really, that's what the show is for me. Where I'm just like, not only are you educating me, you're educating everyone out there a little bit. Well, because you know, I mean, I think a lot of us don't know. I think you maybe saw something one time, and you're like, that looks uh, that looks not what I would normally drink. I'm going to say no to that. Uh, well, I think also you you get into like a, a lot of people that have tried dark beer have only tried dark beer that's bitter or kind of definitely full body but they don't understand there's also you know dunkelweizen which is kind of mm-hmm. like a like a heavy style just dark beer but it it, it more kind of drinks like an amber ale or um you know whereas porter there's a lot of these rustic porters came about where you have these very bitter porters almost leaning towards more stout they just don't have the body that a stout has so i think i think a lot of people they try one or two dark beers, and they just assume all dark beers taste that way and stop trying them. Um, where, you know, I mean, if, 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 in a, if a, imper- a Russian imperial barrel-aged, you know, coffee stout is the first stout you ever try, you don't really think there's anything. And, and then maybe you try Guinness. You don't really think there's the stuff in between, um, you know, and and. Those kind of things. A really fun time in our history was like when we first opened up the doors in the brewery in 2012. And um, I was actually at the front. I was like one of the people that you would walk in. I would like greet you when you walked in the door and I'd be like, hey, can I help you like figure out what beer you want to drink? And there was a lot of people that didn't understand craft beer yet. It was like the time period in Cincinnati and I think at large in craft beer where people were like discovering and exploring new styles of beer. Um, And so a lot of people came in the door and were just like, I like light like what lights you have i drink you know xyz light beer um and we'd push them towards our kolsch and then we try to get them to drink our wheat and then from there to drink the ipa and so on but the the people that would come in and not like dark was really funny to us because bobby uh who owns the brewery would be behind the bar a lot of times and he would look at somebody that said that and he would say well do you like chocolate and they would be like yeah, like who doesn't like chocolate? Right. And then he'd be like, do you drink Do you drink coffee in the morning? And they'd be like, yeah. And then he would put a dark beer in their hand that tastes like chocolate and coffee, and they would drink it, and they, their mind would, like, be blown. 
but they didn't have a lot of you know reference points in, in craft beer yet and um so like i didn't i don't think they even knew that beer could even taste like that and i think there's some of that residual like i don't like craft beer thing or i don't like dark beer rather thing going on and and I think that people, yeah, it's an education thing, right? Where it's just like, you just haven't tried enough beer. Sure. Yeah, enough reference points to figure out, hey, there's all this dark beer that can taste like this variety of different, like, dark flavors that will probably resonate in some way with you that on a flavor note that, like, you do like, whether it's chocolate or it's coffee or it's, you know, raisins or, or whatever it is. But there's so much flavor out there uh, within you know, the color of dark beer, mm-hmm. uh, that, that there's something that you definitely like. Like when people say they don't like beer to me, sometimes I'm like, you just, there's too many flavors of beer that like you, you can't say that unless you hate everything. Carbon. Right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. Maybe you hate carbon, but there's still beer too. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be carbonated. So it's like, it's like, you just don't like, you, I don't know. It's, it's, you just haven't tried enough. It's, and I'm going to show my age a little bit. <clears throat> People that drank crystal clear Pepsi, who did the blind taste, were like, no, this tastes like Pepsi. And then they look at it, they're like, what the? And then they, the, then people get the two liter, pour it in a cup, and go, and the brain told them it was going to be Sprite. Right. Told them it was going to be, it was not going to be cola. And they're like, wow, what the? Right. And I, I used to be a server who sold craft beer, and they give me the lightest thing. And at this particular place, the lightest thing was a Hellas, which had... Just enough hot profile to throw people off. And then they had a darker beer, but was a Schwartz beer style, which was smooth and easy drinking, and they just couldn't wrap their brain around it. And it's like, cool, close your eyes. Here, try this. Keep your eyes closed. Now try this. Oh, I didn't like that last one. That was the dark one. All right, open your eyes. What do you have in your hand? What the? Like, right. Don't be closed mind by what your brain tells you it's going to taste like. And where Bobby asked people, do they like coffee? Do they like chocolate? It's a great he way to do it. He led them into being able to appreciate the beer before just being like, here's a dark beer, here's a light beer. Which one do you like better? Because they're like, this is going to be all heavy and bold, and, and this one's going to be, you know, Miller Lite. And not, not, tastes nothing like Miller Lite. And tastes nothing like a big, bold stout, a Russian Imperial barrel-aged. And it was your mind playing tricks on you telling you you're not going to like it because you have a preconceived notion before you give it a try. Let's let's have some fun. Mark, do you like Oreos? I love Oreos. Look at me, Max. Come on now, dog. Maybe you've eaten a few cookies in my hour. (laughs) Try try that beer in front of you. Okay. I'm doing my sniff test that you taught me last time. Think about, like, the... um, the cookie part of the Oreo. Okay. The outside yeah. of it. I mean, even just from smell, I get that like kind of like slightly sweet chocolatey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like an Oreo. Yeah, dead on. It's like got that, like like you said, like the cookie part in particular. You get that yeah. like rich chocolatey like. And it's got enough sweetness to at least represent the cream. Yeah. That, that beer is called Marble Palace. That's a beer we made, I don't know how many years ago. Three, four Three years maybe ago? Maybe I should say. Three on. years ago? Really soft. Uh, yeah, it's it's like three years old. It's uh, that's a cool beer. It was it was cookies and cream stout, which yeah, like, that stout just came out of the barrel, tasting like that. And then we we has to be eighteen or nineteen. We added cocoa nibs in. It's, oh, it's real. It's, it's real hard. It's to tone on tone on the side. It's like secret code. <laughs> Love that. Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. That's cool. The, you know, it's it's something I think that. Uh, you know, maybe, and now that you guys have brought this up, it's kind of opening my eyes to it. It's something I think Jungle Gyms does a really good job of. But now that you're mentioning it, I really think 
I think the craft brewing game really did open. It probably opened a lot of people's eyes because I think so many of us, you know, I think about this show, right? And I'm like, I'm hoping that this is inviting people to try something new, right? And by having you guys come on and talk about this and kind of like, you have to hold the audience's hand sometime a little bit. I think about like music I've loved where I was like, I don't like jazz. And now I'm like, I maybe only like it. You know what I mean? Like, but I just didn't, ha you know, you don't have the the language, so to speak, uh, to really understand it. So, I, A, I think it's cool that you guys are here to educate us on that stuff, too. But what would you say makes a stout special, if anything? In beer? Yeah, just like uh, in general. Like, uh, like amongst the other styles. Yes, correct. Sorry. Uh, thank you. I think that it was well, the only style that, that technically has roasted malt. Because, like, porter, you're not supposed to have, like, a roasted quality. It's supposed to be, like, a, um, a, a roasted barley, ra rather. Yeah, so, like, that roasted barley quality it gives you that, like, if you're brewing beer without adjuncts, without, like, extra special ingredients, just with malt, yeast, water, hops, um, it's the only style that'll taste like coffee ish, like, with that, like, roasted quality. Yeah. Because porter will have... Like brewed without roasted barley, you know, as porter's supposed to be brewed, um, it's it'll have like a, um, a more of like a charcoaly, ashy quality okay. to it. It'll taste dark, um, but it won't have that like coffee like note. Um, would you agree, Scott? Yeah, I mean, some porters you start to get the the beginning hints of that stuff, but it won't stout like is get more. In yeah, there. stout is more of it. So it's like I say, it's the evolution. It's, it's all the same flavors. As you go, as you get darker and darker and darker, you start to get more and more of them, and they get more and more concentrated. So I mean, really, a stout is just a bigger version of a porter. I mean, they're the, they're the same style in the basest sense. The, the whole stout just became. I mean, when you think of English people, they called bigger porters stouts because they were bigger. There was more stout. There even so, used to be a style called stout porter. Yeah. Right, and that's where it came from, and then Porter fell off, and they just call it stout. It, that's so it, where it all it's, it's ABV, from, but so it's, it's also like BJCP defines it as like it's the first time you're supposed to use roasted barley. I'm you're sorry, not BJCP by the way, uh, beer judge so, certification. Sweet, thank you. So yeah, stout is where you can get into like also the unmalted stuff. Uh, yeah, where so like you, you get to those bigger bodied, but that but really unmalted stuff is just to produce unfermentable sugars that produce bigger bodies. So it's in in a, in a basis, it's just producing a bigger porter. Cool, agreed. Yeah, I like it's that. a big porter. It's it's, but it's the first time that you get like the yeah the stronger the stronger roasted qualities Her finally come off qualities. as coffee versus like bitter in the chocolate. yeah and and exactly versus bitter chocolate. That's so cool. Yeah, see, I mean, I had no idea there was so much versatility within the flavor. You know what I mean? And I imagine people are listening right now, going, "Oh, I also had no idea about that." So now. What do you guys say we try to figure out what we're going to make together? It's it's easier if you, if you want it to be a straight stout, like non-adjuncted, 10% is not too big of a deal to do. If you want it to be like 10% and have, you know, coconut, peanut butter, chocolate, maple I syrup. I think that's an easy, easy then, answer, though. We do want that. Then it's definitely bigger. Then it's a well, way bigger cost scenario. All right, let's start with ABV, though. Let's let's build our wish list beer here. Right, and then and then let's talk about which, and then let's talk about how to keep it in the inside the price point that you guys want. I love and like, this already. None of this will be in stone until we actually write the recipe, and then I can roll all base. the yeah, costs. I love it. I'll be selling this all back to you. Actually, actually have to probably <laughs> try not more sales now. Because <laughs> we're sitting here talking about building a recipe. 
Yeah, but it's a building a recipe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I love that, though. Building a recipe. Yes, we're building a recipe. Well, this is really exciting to me because, like, I normally don't get to be involved well, in these kinds I, of conversations. I want this so I'm just to be like, so very to be similar the to the Cara Cara. I want it to be approachable for everyone. I don't want it to be sure. too big because if it's too big, then it scares some people off. Not like coffee. So, it's like, like 8%. Yeah, so you, th- you oh. think in, like, sub 10, just barely? Like, it's... It's like it's the whole nine ninety nine versus ten dollar thing, right? You know, nine ninety nine is cheap, ten dollars is way too expensive, even though it's only a penny different. So if you're like nine point something percent versus ten percent, ten percent, holy shit, that's way too big. Right. But if it's nine point seven percent, oh, that's no big deal, and it's really the same. Yeah, I was thinking more. Or if you want to go down uh, to the eights, I yeah, I'm thinking yeah, I was thinking honestly like six six and a half okay, um, so as a more approachable. You know, we're not. Mm-hmm. At a really low stout level, but you still can get enough body without it being. Oh, I can. As big I, I can. I can, I can make. It, I can make stout, it be one percent ABV and have a lot of body. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, yeah, we can always <laughs> falsify. You, know, you can barely. <laughs> you can dextrin it up all you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I get that, but I'm thinking, you know, put enough caramel without it being so over the top. And with you saying, like, it wouldn't really be hard to do 10, then I, I feel like, Let's, I mean, dextrin provides a weird body to me. Like, when I drink a beer with dextrin malt in it, it's not necessarily like this Well, it, we wouldn't, full-bodied. Let's put it this way. Um, we got to be cool, though. I've never, I've maybe brewed one beer, maybe two beers in my life that used any amount of dextrin malt. Yeah. Dextrin malt is not our go-to to build body. I'll have to say that right now. We yeah, do, and we so, do it through other like, ways, so cost wise, I mean, I've never you know done a ten barrel batch, so I don't know yeah, how much yeah. adding you know too much caramel malt or. Um, so I mean, malt is malt. Put it this way, malt. Other than water, malt's the cheapest thing we're putting in. So, adding more malt is not nearly as yeah, big nice. of an issue as you know, adding a bunch of yeah coconut or cinnamon or all you know all those kinds of things. So. I mean, especially if you say you think you want to be more in that like six, seven percent ABV range, then don't worry about any malts they're going. Like we can, we can do any amount of all kinds of different malts and not really be affecting the price at all. I want to interject though and say that if if the idea behind like the the marketing of this beer and like the the person that we're trying to attract to this this series is, you know, one like the the beer nerds, if you will. Um, I don't know if you've got them hooked at that that level of ABV. You know, I, I think I think that they're looking for higher alcohol content beers. Maybe not exclusively. Well, are, you, are you going? But I think it's it's, a, it's an said, easier it to be approachable to lots of people. See, I think part of the success of the um, Cara Cara was, I mean, it was a, a little hand sell, but it was like, here, try this. Right. People come up to the bar, like, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking, like, do you like juicy IPAs? Well, I'm not the biggest fan of juicy, or I don't, I don't really like IPAs. Here, try this. Two IPAs are too bitter. Yes, exactly. Right. And it was very drinkable for, I mean, damn near everyone. I had people that saved cans and took it to um, family get-togethers when they were around Christmas time. I'm still getting like, emails to the show, by people, the way, about it. Oh, that's, sweet. That's, yeah, that's we're wonderful. Yeah, yeah, where can I get it? People still come to the store and ask well, for it. They're like, and it's funny when they're like, "You made a beer with a with a the brewery up in Columbus." Like, no, not Columbus. Yeah, it's fifty west, Cincinnati. But and where is it? Well, we don't have any more. It's sold out. Right. And I mean, it was great. It was two weeks. Wait, and, why did they think we were from Columbus? 
Secondhand information. Somebody uh, tells us. Well, let's just blame it on Bobby because he's not here today. Just <laughs> Bobby. Bobby was like being preppy and they thought he was from Columbus. <laughs> also, one thing that I guess we talked about last time is not as much draft, maybe just two barrels for each. Store a little bit more package. Yeah, more package. And that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes my life easier, to be honest. There's just like this, there's this level, there's this threshold of like, like I feel like when when and how and where beer can be cool and like where jungle gyms right or like mm-hmm. independent retail is like where beer can be cool and then like how beer can be cool it's like it's got to be certain styles with certain special ingredients at certain ABVs at like limited amounts it has to be in limited quantity mm-hmm. so like I feel like and I wasn't here every day like YouTuber so you guys tell me if we're wrong I feel like we can go up in quantity and still be limited. Um, but I don't know how much more you guys want or can handle. Like, if you, if you're putting us on end caps or like on the displays and stuff like we did, right? Where you're stacking the beer on, on what do you call that thing at Eastgate the boat? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a good name for it. I guess, you know what I'm but, talking about? I uh, you're talking about Seltzer Island. Yeah, the island. Yeah. All right. So like, Seltzer you, Island wasn't a good name. Yeah. <laughs> well, only the Seltzer. Um, but, but like, if you're we have, stack, we have like, another stack in the middle of the floor, right in front of Seltzer Island. Which, in my opinion, is kind of the main entrance, but it's kind of also the back of beer, depending on how you come in. But uh, it tends to get a lot of presence. So okay, so like, what's a good amount? Like, what's a good case well, volume for you? I guys? mean, if if we cut the draft down to like literally just one or two kegs per store, if you if you were staying in the six pack, twelve ounce, we did we got right at like seventy cases this, time, this last time. You're probably going to ninety cases. Okay. I definitely would have two barrels per store because that was the easiest way to get people to run to the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give them, yes, give yeah, them so that I mean, sample. Cutting, I mean, cutting, that, draft, cutting that, that draft a little bit is not like all of a sudden now you're going to have a crap ton more beer. Okay, so that, that's two barrels. 20, 20, maybe 25 cases more. Four kegs, two barrels of beer, right? So now it's a 10-barrel batch if we're still on the 10-barrel yeah, yeah. tank and not moving to a 20. then um, I don't think you want to go to a, up to a 25. Right, so then like... That's gonna be like two and a half times more. That's that's eight. What am I supposed to do? Oh, you got it. Uh, so then that's eight bar- eight <laughs> barrels left in theory, which it won't be because we're gonna, you know, you're not gonna yield the same amount of, yeah. of beer. We as might get a little better yield on this than we did out of the IPA, but so, uh, but yeah, like let's work in theory here. So eight barrels is what? It's like fourteen cases a barrel. Yeah, which is one twelve. So you're saying you get about ninety. Um, you know, forty five a store. What uh? Is that okay in your guys' experience with other brands? Is it is that with a cool beer? Is that too much volume? I wouldn't say it's too much. And this is a Jungle Gym's Fifty West beer. There's not going to be a cooler beer in our store at that time. And I wholeheartedly feel that because that's how it was. I mean, we still get people asking for it. People thought it was awesome. Employees were coming that don't really drink beer or wanted to buy some so they could have a six-pack as well because it was something that we did and had packaged, and it was the first six-pack cans that we had done with our name on it. And it, I, I don't know about your store, yeah. but at my store, it was gone. Dude, we, saw, we saw more we beer at Eastgate than we do at Fairfield, to be honest with you. So, yeah, you, so if I, you can do it, you can do it. Well, yeah, at Eastgate, I think it maybe took an extra week to take off. Uh, but once it did, it, I mean, it was okay. pretty much immediate sellout. Cool. So, so similar batch size, which is the fact that we're going to keep the batch size low 
Um, the cost is going to be high. Uh, so ABV, let's 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 decide on ABV and then let's drink a bunch of these and, and figure out what kind of flavors we want. Yeah, I think definitely yeah. adding, the, you know, figuring out the flavors will kind of allow us to. See or maybe we, we drink and then push the ABV, and then we can, we can discuss ABV along with the flavors. So however you guys want to do it. So let me jump in as the idiot in the room, like. How am I asking this? Why so much, not waffling, but like, why are we f- so focused on that section? Uh, explain it like I'm five. Gravity? You mean the alcohol content? Yeah, like, like you know, I mean, obviously I know it's important as obviously I'm drinking booze for the effect. But like, is that is it, is it as simple as that? We also probably want people to drink more than just one or two. That's why I want to keep the ABP. Well, oh, I want you to drink three or four of them and not be you know too you know too drunk really like it would be better if you came back and bought another six pack instead well, of there's a, two still stored away in your fridge because you've got these 12 percent. i feel like that factor is way more applicable to draft beer than it is beer taken home right because like mm-hmm. if i'm going to drink one in-house yeah if it's too high in abv it's like yeah i'm not going to drink another and you're not going to get that customer to keep going right but like if i'm taking it home that doesn't matter till I'm at my house, right? And like, I'm buying that beer off the shelf probably with the same like affinity as I would a few points lower, right? Because so if we're talking about like seven versus ten, I'm still buying that beer. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm taking it home, and it's like, I'm I'll deal with that when I get back there. Yeah, but also as a father, like you're not trying to drink four ten percent beers, you know. True. At least in, in my opinion, like <laughs> I feel like if I was a dad, I'd be much for me. Like is like around eight percent a good compromise. I think that's like, is right it still coffee, cool? Please, like is it still cool though? Can well, we I mean, I guess yeah, adjuncts. Yeah, well, I mean, what the adjuncts are going to be cool's, all right, cool's relative. All right, yeah, you're right. That's relative. <laughs> right, let me let me ask in a different way. If we sell it for a couple dollars more than normal Cincinnati six packs go, is it enough ABV? Because the consumer definitely considers that, right? When they're like, how many, like how how far are my dollars going? Yeah. Like, is sure, is, yeah. is 8% at $2 more than regular going to work? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you're going to put an 8% out there right now, there's beers that are 12 that are still ten ninety nine a six-pack. I mean, North North Highfieldy McNasty is still 10 or eleven ninety nine a six-pack. And, you know, well, that's kind of. Well, I mean, that one's kind of the exception to the rule. It, it is because I mean, there's bit, Cincinnati breweries that are throwing out IPAs right. that are five and a half percent, sixteen out cans, and want to drop seventeen ninety nine on them. Insane. And it's not my go to, but it's it. They're out there. Yeah. It's my, it's a thing. And well, the I mean, the ABV discussion we can maybe we need to switch to talk about what flavors and adjuncts we want. And then, Come to the ABV then we can kind of circle back to the ABV because now if we're saying, okay, we want to make a stout that has this flavor, this flavor, this flavor, this flavor, then in order to kind of keep the balance of all of that and think that we're like at the price points and things we need to be, does it have to be a 10% beer or can it get away with being a 7% beer? So maybe we should circle circle over to that and we can kind of come back. All right. Let's, let's, we do, wait, what do you, did you guys drink that beer? Yeah. All right. My cup has a hole. <laughs> Let's keep bringing different flavors. Right at the top. What was that? By, what was that, by the way? Yeah, I know. That yeah. was a pistachio milk stout. Lower ABV. That was six. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of pistachio. I was gonna say I didn't really. Yeah, the pistachio is not shining through. I don't want to pump. Um, oh, sorry. It doesn't so. have a ton of body. I'll edit any of the names either. out. 
Chicago. Um, like, I would prefer Collab. a little bit more body than that. I mean, it was super drinkable. <laughs> That's well, something I that would was, drink the whole can of, yeah, for sure. I'll say that was, kind of, that was kind of in the realm of what you were promoting. 6% adjunct mm -hmm. yeast. Out. I mean, yeah, that is kind of what I would like, but, but it just was a little, a little thin. bit more a little body. Thin. It was a little okay. thin. I'm and definitely, like, if not. we're going to add pistachios to it, which I, I maybe don't want to. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I'm not trying to. Can we go anything. for, like, more flavor profile? That's an that. extract-driven flavor, and you could tell in drinking that beer that um, it's, it's. There's not much pistachio. Yeah, that, like that. It's just hard to pull that kind of but I also flavor in through, you know, through a stout without using, like, a lot of we fake flavoring. cold. It could have been. Yeah. warmed up. Is there a certain tell when you like for finding the extract, or is it just once you've drank enough of this beer and like made beer with extract and like it's like you can <clears> just know? Yeah, it's got kind of like an ethanol-y note and like a cool, like and kind a, of an oily, an oily mouthfeel. Yes, yeah. an oily okay. mouthfeel. Like if you ever feel like your your beer coated your palate, mm -hmm. where you want to scrape the, your tongue, yeah, then it. then it's it's essence flavoring driven. Cool. Probably. So. Right, there's certain there's certain flavors too, like anything with nuts. You can't just You can't. Uh, well, you you can't put enough pistachios in that beer to make that beer taste like pistachios. If you're just using actual pistachios, um, there's just not there's not an, a lot of soluble flavor to extract out of a nut in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, generally anything that's like heavy in a, in a nut flavor almost has to have. If you're gonna actually taste it, it's gonna probably have to have some fake stuff in it. Th this one's fun because uh, there's no label. It's a mystery beer. Ooh, I like a little mystery. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what this is. I haven't even tried it. Like the nose is wild. <laughs> is that like a ball? It's banana pudding. I was about to say, it's like a <laughs> banana runts note on the nose. Yeah. Almost like an almond and like a um, kind of like a cherry thing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like almondy cherry. It's like a banana split happening. That's kind of the vibe. <laughs> but I, I don't smell the banana. I'm sure I'm going to taste it if it has banana. In it. I taste it more than smell it, but I definitely like notice spumoni. it. Mm. Kind of <laughs> you smell it once you, once you get the taste of it. Yeah, you you're like, there immediately it is. There. Yep. Yeah, it's like uh, I can taste that little wafer in my pocket. I mean, oh. it's got at least like a somewhat real banana flavor, though. It doesn't taste super runty. I'm getting a lot as soon of extract. Said banana pudding, <laughs> I'm yes. getting a lot of extract. It's yes, um, there's, a, there's a there's a lot of flavor extracts in this beer. Yeah, there's one true flavor. The rest is oil. No. <laughs> well, now here's the thing, though. Like um, what, most brewer, yeah. what most what most brewers will do, like I never want to lose that thing. <laughs> like the, the beer we had before, that was a pistachio style. They probably did put some real pistachios in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can potentially even use enough real pistachios that, like, if your palate's working just right that day and, like, you're drinking the beer warm enough and this kind of thing, you drink it and be like, mm, yeah, it tastes a little pistachio. In it. Uh, you can get that much from, like, real stuff. Uh, and most brewers, I think, will generally use some amount of real, but then you have to do kind of what they call a top note where it's like, okay, we want to kind of, like, amplify that flavor. 
It so. depends on the ingredients. Some ingredients come through all the way. Yes, that's yes, what, that's yes. what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about like nuts, where yeah, well, like, like, well, generally <laughs> with like with like nuts or something. And that's why when people use coconut, they more often not use toasted coconut to get more. Yeah, of the, yeah. The, you have to flavor. toast. Yeah, you have to toast coconut, or you, you get the no coconut, flavor. Out yeah, of it. all you do is get the little chunks. It's even, funny though. When the second you toast it, you get a lot. No, you like when when we did it in Ghost of Imaging, that was coconutty beer. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like some of the. I don't know. You have to use so much it that it's like hard to put it in. <laughs> yes, this is very good. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it's giving away it's secrets bad. over here. Um, <laughs> it had a lot of real coconut in it. Yes, it did. That is one hundred percent true. Is the uh, are the, a little buttery? Like on the flavor extract thing, this is just something I'm so curious about. Is that kind of frowned upon? Like at the and I don't want like I'm not asking <laughs> what, it to make what it, generation of brewer are you? Asking? Okay, and so that was kind of where I was going with that. Is that it's like is it yeah? Is that like more mod, you know accepted by like a, a new brewer versus you know what I mean? Scott's, yeah. Scott's famously known to have very purist ideals when it comes to brewing beer. Um, if anybody knows his history, it, it, he's he's been known for this for a while. I, I, I think that for a long time, um, it was looked down upon, um, and probably less now than ever. Okay. Yeah, de it's definitely less frowned upon now. Yeah. But it, a lot of things in the industry have changed in that way. Like for yeah. instance, like if you contracted out your beer and like you didn't make your own beer in house and you had like some, a beer brand that was being made, you know, three States over and then shipped to you and you were presenting it under your label. Yeah. Um, that was very frowned upon in the past. You were essentially not a brewer. People, you're a poser. You're a poser. You're a pariah. Right. The, um, now, like if you did that, there's, there's probably a bunch of brands on the shelf right now at Jungle Gyms that are doing that. And like you just, Interesting. people like don't care. They, they don't they don't care at all. It well, seems like it's mostly the, the brewers and the purists that seem to be that worked up about it. But I feel like so many of us in that, as a casual drinkers, I wouldn't even think to add, had this conversation not happened, I would have never even thought about it. It's also hard to keep up. There's well, so many breweries now. It's just like, who's doing Yeah, everybody has to and, do something different and new. And so. For a brewer, I feel like even if you're not technically brewing it, if it's your recipe that's being brewed, it's got to be just, it's got to feel good that your recipe's out there and people like it. And a lot of those breweries yeah, contract, that are so. contract brewing, I mean, the beer's really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're still, a lot of they're that, still cultivating the recipe. Like yes. The oh, yes. 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 Okay. Yes. I mean, a lot of that, too, in the early in the earlier days of craft beer, uh, if you wanted to go the contract brewing route, you had about three choices. And all three of them were very, very large, very, very terrible operations that made very, very terrible beer. Um, and, they, and in those days... Basically, you send them your recipe, they tweak it to fit their system, which is to say they completely change it. Then they brew whatever kind of crap they want to brew, and they send it to you, and you go, okay, I guess that's what I'm selling. Right. These days, <laughs> you've got uh, way more options in contract brewing. Uh, there are larger craft breweries that have excess capacity that will then contract brew for smaller craft breweries. So you're not going to like an FX Matt or a Lion, which were historically the big, huge contract brewers. You can go to some guy who's literally maybe four or five times the size of your brewery and have them make beer for you, in which case then, you know, those guys know more what you're about because they're pretty much kind of in the same boat. And, you know, you're bringing your recipe and they're like, okay, cool. We're going to stay as true to this as we can, but we might have to tweak this one little thing or this one little thing. Uh, so you're getting a much better experience for the most part now when you're contract brewing because there's just so many better options for who to contract with as opposed to kind of the old days when it always used to be frowned upon because it was basically, we knew, oh, if you're contract brewing, 
you're not really brewing because basically that guy's taking your recipe, doing whatever he wants with it and sending you the results. Yeah. And like there's guys doing it in town. Like there's, there's famous examples of it too, right? Where there's uh, like two roads brewing company in, um, I think they're in Connecticut. They're brewing, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Lawson's finest beer for a really long time. So Sip of Sunshine was a really famous beer in America. Yeah. Um, Lawson's wasn't brewing that for themselves for a while, but, but you know, let Two Roads brew it for them. But yeah, under their recipe and guidance in, in some cases. But like probably the, one of the most famous examples is is Paps Blue Ribbon. PBR is made by Miller. And they're just like basically a marketing company that like sends their beer out. Uh, <coughs> but Miller makes all of it. Um, That's so crazy. I had no idea. So yes, that was the early days of contract brewing, which is yep. for, from mm-hmm. the craft people side. And that's yep. why it was like Before the very frowned upon. Yep, got open. That name out too. Yeah, stop talking. Good. No, you're fine. <laughs> Talk freely. There's, no, there's I'll a, chop it out. You're all good, dude. There's a bunch on the shelf. Then, like, I'm not going to name names, but there's 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 a bunch of Cincinnati breweries on the shelf that are. Really? Yeah, guys, you wouldn't even expect. Oh like, yeah, like there's exciting. there's, <laughs> and when I end up talking to people about it, I'm like, no way, and it's like. I'm just here for the gossip. Yeah, guys. it is. <laughs> so there's some there's some goss in the in the oh yeah in the, in the brain Well, it's uh, it's like any other art form where we're all really passionate about it. So I imagine there's got to be a lot of like I can't oh yeah. those assholes. Of course, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's how I feel as a drinker of it. So I imagine it's got to be way worse for you guys. So this is actually the first can of this I've had. We've I've had it um, last year and then on on draft. I think the last couple of years on draft is what I'm trying to say. Probably. And then I don't know where you drank it. This is the first time it's ever been in cans. This is the first can I've had. Yeah, um, it's in, yeah, it's the first time. Well, we released this is our beer. We can we can talk about this one. This one's called Blind Spot uh, Imperial Oatmeal Stout with cinnamon, vanilla, and nutmeg. Uh, we make this like around winter time every year. I, it usually releases like end of December, so this is pretty on on point. Uh, I think we just released this. What this this, this week? This last week? week? Yeah. This oh, week, well, draft. draft I had last week, and then cans I got this week. Got it, got it. So I got cans on Tuesday. So Sorry. It's on, it's on our end cap, available, readily available, four-pack cans, $14.99. Uh, yeah, this beer's awesome. It's got delicious. No, it's it's a fantastic beer. Uh, we haven't had it on draft before this year, at, at least at Fairfield. I don't know about Eastgate. I don't follow everything they do the same way that you guys don't follow everything that – once, once it leaves so. on the truck, <laughs> once it leaves on the truck, I don't know where it goes right. from there. So, but I think it's a fantastic beer. I think the spice level and it's perfect. Um, I like it to warm up a little bit more than it is right now. So, open up a little bit more, um, get a little bit more than nutmeg. But uh, Mark, this is this is kind of fun for you drinking. Yes. The last two beers that we drank absolutely had extract flavors in them. Yes. This one, this one does not. You'll you'll and you can it. totally tell that. Yeah. I mean, like the texture. I guess the body. Uh, now that I know what that means, but no, it's not. It doesn't have that like cloying thing on my tongue. And you get you get the like the flavors. They still come through, but it's definitely not like yeah. I don't know how to describe it really, but like yeah. I, I think you mentioned the the oily texture on the tongue. Comparatively, there's none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's it comes off as a, in a realer wait, wait, fashion, wait, wait, right? Wait, like it's not. Um, it, it's it the the flavors have complexity and depth to them instead of like being very one noted. Sure, uh, like cinnamon isn't like burning your tongue and coming off of like a like one of those red fireball candies, yeah, it's right? Not like, like, it's yeah, got it's not like, like fireball some shot. smoothness to it and yeah. like some uh, some earthiness to it. And and that's, that's I actually the real it changes as you, you know, you sit there, it's like, yeah, it starts out I more yesterday, I should, I should take subtle and then it builds. Right. Uh, and yeah, you definitely don't get the same. It's like nuance, as silly as that sounds, but yeah. I mean, like that's the best way I would describe it. It is like, you know, it's like 
when you eat fast food versus having a chef who cared about what you had. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. That's like, know, like a good way, kind of a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, that's how it feels, you know? Uh, yeah, this beer is great. This thing is, um, this is drinking really well right now. This is, um, the, the, I think the cinnamon nutmeg hit me first. That vanilla just comes with some sweetness. This beer carries a lot more body than um, I think you'd expect from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you like read the can and then you see the ABV, you're like, oh, this is going to be like a medium stout. It drinks as like medium plus, uh, if not full on heavy stout. Um, the roast level is pretty low. So you get like a chewiness to it um, and like it doesn't distract from the spice quality or like make it too. Um, it's not bitter. Like harsh. There's yeah. not a bitter chocolate note. There's more. It, I, I don't want to say milk chocolate, but there's like a softer, creamier chocolate flavor. Than, right. I think if, you, if they had added too much roasted quality to it, like we're going to drink coffee, please. That's like a pretty roasted stout. Um, obviously, the idea for that beer is it tastes like coffee and there is coffee in it as well. But like this is kind of the opposite where you're staying away from that high roast. You don't get like the harsh quality on your tongue, the ashy charcoal note. It's just, yeah, smooth and chocolatey and spicy. It was good. It yeah. Very good. I like know it kind of softens it. You get it definitely on the nose, but um, it definitely rounds it out a little. Like me, it went down real easy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, you rounded it out. <laughs> that too, though, honestly. Uh, yeah, that that's cool. So there, there's an example of, like, a beer with, like, some spice in it. So then we've had, what, we've had nuts, we've had spice. Coffee's always an easy thing. Chocolate's always an easy thing. I think we got some beers coming up with some of those flavors in them. Um, yeah, the... Scott, you don't want to say anything about Blind Spot to you? Uh, you Favorite beer in the world that you brew? You summed it up pretty well. I actually, this is the first time I've had it since the day we packed it. Um, I got to take some cans home. Yeah, it's quite good. I'll drink it. That's high praise from Scott, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who if I'll drink it in my <laughs> house, I really, really, so really like it. I used it. to, so one of my home brewing mentors way, 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 way back when, guy I really respected in those days and, and even still do today, um, he was like a real super critical beer judge guy. And, uh, if he gave him beer to try, he was a very nice guy. So like, if he didn't like it, he'd, you know, he'd be, he'd be nice about it. But if he really, really, really liked a beer of yours, when you gave it to him, he'd try to go, mm, yeah, it doesn't suck. <laughs> that was like the highest praise the guy ever gave anything. I mean, so, yeah, but when you I brew a beer, it's like not that. supposed yeah. to suck. Like, I hate that. It's not bad. Well, it's not supposed to be bad. It was brewed. It was put in, you know, draft keg. It wasn't it wasn't dumped. It's not supposed to be bad on any level. Like, well, this was in the homebrew days, and a lot of those things did need to be dumped. Fair, well, enough, yeah. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we have a beer. We have an oatmeal <clears throat> stout with, what is that, chocolate and vanilla? Is that what has in it? Uh, this is the uh, This is the oatmeal cookie. Okay, so that was brewed at... In, this was brewed in Chillicothe. Yeah, so, at our Chillicothe. If, if, if you want more details, give me a second. got to look and them up. And <laughs> we have our coffee stout, and then we have another brand's coffee stout, and then we have another brand's coffee stout that was aged in rye oak barrels. <laughs> then we have one of our old-school cellar age Remus Revenge uh, barrel-aged beers called Marble Palace. Uh, it was... He brought it in from his own house, which is cool. Uh, I still have one more, so I didn't bring my last one. It's like a cookies and cream stout. So that beer was really cool. We literally just aged a stout in in, uh, barrels, right? Bourbon barrels. And we're sitting around drinking it. And we kind of like let the barrel tell us 
what kind of flavors it's going to impart and how it's going to change the beer and how the beer is going to age and absorb some a little bit of oxygen and oxidize the, the flavor a little bit and like become an aged cellared beer. And that one to us tasted like there's vanilla in like the the, the quality like the barrel is going to impart to the beer. And that beer like like whether it was the barrel or the way that we treated it, something like there was a lot of vanilla um, quality that it had taken from the barrel and absorbed from the barrel. And uh, when we drank it, we were like, ooh, this thing's like chocolatey and vanilla-y already. It, like, kind of tastes like an Oreo. Let's, like, make it a cookies and creams beer. And uh, so, yeah, we added cocoa nib and vanilla to that as well. Uh, But that's barrel-aged. It'll have, like, some char and some bourbon quality to it. Um, That's a really cool beer. So my wife wanted to kick my ass over this beer and the other beers I bought that day because I read 10 a.m., it never said 10 a.m. I was like, the release is at 10 a.m. I left at 9. I'm like, it'll be a line, but it won't be too bad. And it was like a 1 o'clock release. Oh. And <laughs> so by the time it was released, I was quite a few beers in. Um, you know, then I'm like, well, I got it. And she's like, you coming home? I'm like, not yet. Like, what do you mean not yet? Like, well, I have to sit for a while. <laughs> what? <laughs> we have this, this, Take and this water. to do. And it's like... I'll be home in a couple of hours. Birds three sheets of the wind on fucking barrel. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't drive. Oh my god, I'm gonna uh, awesome. breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> not not that we were breaking up. The phone call was breaking up. Well, we'll leave that up to her. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we no, should. Sure do, I think we should. Oh, okay. Now that we started, we like we can't stop. Yeah. Trains rolling, baby. Yeah. Let's, let's keep this going. Yeah, coffee, please. Coffee, please. Uh, talking about my wife, that's one of her favorite beers from 50 West. Um, probably two cases have gone through my house. Not that my wife drinks a lot, but it's been out for a little bit. So, dude, yeah, that's a, that's winter seasonal this year. Um, it was. It's just one of those beers that we started making. You know, at the in the beginning, you know, and and I think this was a 2012 or 13 beer, and um, yeah, just really cool. Uh, it's, it was the idea was like use local coffee in a beer and the beer hasn't evolved too much from the when we invented the beer it's american stout with with coffee in it um first time we we, we for a very long time were adamant that this beer should only be dispensed on nitro faucets um and we've since uh deviated slightly from that uh that ideal and uh now we're we're serving it for the first time in cans, so just normal CO two pour. But um, it's probably not carbonated as highly as we would carbonate a lager or an IPA or something. It's a little um, lower. But I was gonna say, Scott, you, you can tell me about how it's made if you want. Uh, it's deeper roots coffee, and in the it's coffee. deeper roots coffee. Uh, it's actually a uh, <clears throat> blend of two different coffees from them. Um, we kind of did a lot of. That's probably the biggest thing that has changed in this beer through the years is just coffee sources have changed. Um, currently, it's a, it's a mixture. I can never remember the actual I think origins, the, but there's two different ones. Basically, one one's a little more of your kind of traditional, you know, coffee, uh, you know, the roast character and all of that. And then there's uh, a, it's blended with another one that has a little more of that kind of chocolate and almost fruity kind of character to it. Okay, um, that you sometimes get with with certain coffee blends max can talk way more about coffee than i can i'm not a coffee drinker but i'm uh, a coffee nerd but, but we actually but we actually do blend uh we did some tastings and stuff with a bunch of different varieties of coffee and actually kind of came up with our own blend so it's not just all one roast of coffee it's actually two different ones in there. Oh, cool 
the coffee that I like to drink doesn't really taste good in beer anyway. Really? So what kind of coffee are you into? Well, like just like like the brighter, fruitier coffees that okay. like when you put those in beer, they, they come off tea-like and like it's almost like you, it's like hibiscus and like fruity and it's it's weird. Like you want like pretty coffee-flavored coffee in beer. Um, and that's mostly what we're doing here. There's a little bit of some fun stuff in here, but like that when he's saying there's a blend of two, one is more like pretty coffee-flavored coffee. And right. then the other one is like kind of fun. Um, I'm, to give I'm, it a little depth and complexity, yeah. Instead of just being like a real one note, you know, dark roast, dark, dark roast coffee flavor. Yeah. This something. beer really comes together on the nose, though. Like if you smell this beer, it's like it smells like a latte, right? Like it's like sweet and it's creamy yeah. and it's it's coffee and like it's um, this beer has a really cool, like very natural nose just from all those roasted malts and caramel malts and and that coffee. It like really comes off. Uh, Setting you up, you know, when you're when you're going in the, for that sip and you're you're smelling the beer as you're drinking it, it's like this beer like presents itself very well. Yeah, I mean it's named appropriately. <laughs> um, I feel like maybe for ours though, this might be a little a little more roast than I'm looking for. Personally. It's funny how the world uh, went that way though, right? You, you used to brew beer, right? Yeah. Did you like? I feel like stouts used to be roastier than they are now. Like it, like stouts aren't as roasted anymore. IPAs used to be more. Well, bitter. I mean, Guinness isn't the Same most thing. roasted stout, and that's kind of like Good the point. original Good one. Point. So, but like, maybe at some point, I mean, stouts a, just became too roasty as uh, IPAs came too hoppy and yeah. sours became too sour. And I think you know everything's just cyclical as as far as all the whole alcohol industry everything kind of comes and goes and fades and comes back and yeah. maybe that's just human existence i guess but um <laughs> you know uh, yeah i think there's a drinker for every stout like I, I i you know this to me is still great i i would drink these i mean it's 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 still good i'm just thinking you know for this personal stout this wouldn't be my choice Fair enough, yeah. I mean, it says coffee on the front, so you would deliver someone like, this much roast. It's not like I just want to take 50 West coffee, please, and repackage it as Jungle Gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that would be really easy be for us to do. Yeah, I know. It would be easy. Yeah, we don't, don't want to like, do that. We've already got that, so we got, we got that one down pat. Just make some new labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that one in two weeks if you guys want. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's an example of coffee beer. We, got, we have two more. Also, we have a beer that can represent a break for us, but someone we need a, a wine key to open it. Oh, um, just as I, a just as a, a piece of information too. I mean, you're drinking, you know, the one oh. you're drinking now, coffee please. Uh, that's about an eight percent ABV beer. The mm-hmm. blind spot is actually a little lower uh, than that. And then if we do end up opening this other oatmeal stout, it's ten percent. What's so like cool? I can kind of give you well, an idea not, of. Let's not stop opening beers. Well, I'm just saying to, get, to, get, to give you an idea. And granted, <laughs> they're, granted, they're ad, all adjuncted in different ways and to different degrees. Just to give you kind of an idea of where the ABV plays in in a stout that's got some adjunct to it. Um, you know, blind spot would kind of be the lower one. This would be the middle, and then the next one would be the biggest. So as you taste these, think about like how that alcohol is hitting you. Blend, blend in there too to see if that doesn't kind of give us some direction. Which is cool, and it's a it's a little interesting to think about like the the sugar left in the beer too, because like alcohol is fermented sugars, right? So the more that you build in on the front end, right? So if we start at like an arbitrary number, like we start at fifty sugars, and we ferment out, um, you know, half of that twenty five, and it gives us a ten percent beer. We still have twenty five sugars left, right? And so like 
you can leave, you can have a beer that's basically any ABV that we want and we can leave as much sugar behind as we want. So we can make it 10% beer with two sugars left and then that beer will taste dry and feel thin. Or we can make a 2% beer with 40 sugars left and it's going to be sweet. Okay. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about ABV and then feel the beer and taste the beer as we're doing this because um, it's some of it is we can still determine how much body's left. The, you know, like some of it is still up for, for discussion of like, hey, how much sweetness do you want even if we hit this as, level of alcohol? Yeah, as cool. if, for instance, the, the 10% beer uh, has the highest amount of residual sugar in it also. Oh, sweet. So that's going to be there. You're going to feel the heat of the alcohol and you're going to get like a lot of sweetness where like for me, like the reason I was even saying that was because to me um, perceived at least the coffee, please. And Scott probably has the real numbers and he can tell me I'm wrong here if he wants uh, coffee, please feels um, thinner, even though it's higher in alcohol. It it feels like it's not as sweet as blind spot. Blind spot felt sweeter, but lower in alcohol. I can see that too. That's yep. All those things are correct. Interesting. I'm going to be a pro by the time, like by th- the third visit, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, probably not. I'm honestly just or overshooting. Just but <laughs> the more you drink, the less you remember. But like you that said, it's a good thing you record it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to try and ride the idiot train as long as possible. So, I mean, on that note, do you want to yeah, do you yeah, crack this definitely. can? Um, I feel like you can also, I mean, depending on fermentables that you're using, some stuff's only 80% fermentable, you know, or... Some yeah. stuff's one hundred percent fermentable, so you can control your residual sugars that way as that's, well. And that's pr- and that's primarily what we do. Most, there's there's two oh. two things that we generally do. Like you were mentioning dextra malt earlier, which is very unfermentable. We don't generally go that route. Um, we will use um, a lot of malts that have lesser fermentability, but not like throwing something in that's just purposely meant to not ferment. Um, but then there's uh, another control that we have, which is depending on what yeast strain we use, because some yeast will only consume such so much amount of sugar. So if you've got, if you use a grain that just for, say for instance, is only creates only like 80% fermentable sugars. Okay. Uh, and then you ferment that with a yeast that will only eat 80% of those fermentable sugars. Now you've got, you know, whatever that number is, 40% of 40% left. Um, and there's a, and you can you know move those levers around a little bit so you can take something that's you know very highly fermentable and then use a yeast that um, doesn't want to doesn't want to eat it uh, and you'll have a lot of sugar left over but it's very highly fermentable and then you have to worry about um, <laughs> popping cans <laughs> yeah other you know any contamination or anything that gets in there now has a really readily available food source uh, but if you're using if you're using uh, grains that are, have a lot of unfermentable sugar. Um, they're not as easily eaten by any other things that get in there as well. So it's a balancing act. You don't want to go too far one way or too far the other. So we like to try to use both levers uh, to kind of control that residual sweetness level. Yeah, And, create and there's other things balance. like uh, a lot of times what we'll do, especially if you're trying to get a creamier body and mouthfeel, sometimes you use lactose, okay. which is a non-fermentable sugar. Um, it's not, it's not grain derived. Um, but it does give you like a lot of body and a lot of, um, of mouthfeel without coming with like a, any kind of weird graininess or anything to it. Cool. It's really pleasant in beer. Um, I was always wondering why I'd see it show up in things. I really had no idea. I was like, okay. Yeah. Lactose is unfermentable. It's basically like it gives you body and texture in a beer. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, think about sweetness. adding cream to anything, right? It's, right. it's um, a little thick, a little 
And yeah, and, it's and not. To, it's nice. It's really pleasant. Yeah, and to use in beer, you can get it in a dried, <laughs> powdered form. It's not like you're just dumping milk, you know, into a, into a, into the tank while you're brewing it. You can get it in a dry, powdered form, which is yeah. Easy don't to work dispel with. all of the magic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this so, is literally the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I always had a question. no udders. So if you add lactose sugar, and I know that it's unfermentable sugar, I know the basics. But does that then make it to where people are lactose intolerant, cannot drink it? We Because, like, after you make a cheese, the lactose is gone after a very short amount of time. And then so where somebody who's lactose intolerant could still end up eating said cheese, but a lot of people are scared of it. And this is more informational, not just for me, but for anybody who might be listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, so. I, I would say that it's essentially the, the same argument, um, you know, it all depends on how lactose intolerant you are. It's the same thing kind of with, with gluten allergies. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, if I eat five slices of bread, I get I get a little tummy ache. I have a gluten into, uh, gluten allergy. Okay, yeah, you do to some extent. But then I also know people that if they literally walked into a brewery, the residual grain dust that is just inherent in the air will make them immediately violently ill. So to, it's almost more of like the legal uh, disclaimer of, this was made with lactose. If you're lactose intolerant, like I'm just telling you it's la- there's lactose in there. It's kind of up to you. You know, if you're the, la- the kind of lactose intolerant where like if, if, if you eat a gallon of ice cream, you get a tummy ache, you're probably going to be okay. If you, you know, have some, have whatever, a drop of milk in your coffee and it makes you ill, I'm not going to tell you you're going to be okay drinking this. That's I, I can't make that medical determination for you. Uh, so I, I've kind of, we kind of with, with lactose and with like anything you know you talk about in, like in the gluten world, we pretty much just always say like, look, we'll tell you it's in there. It's kind of up to you to figure out if it's going to mess you up or not. Right, understandable. I have the conversation with people about gluten free beer versus gluten reduced beer, mm-hmm. and it's like if gluten really bothers you, stay away from the gluten reduced beer. Uh, go with the sorghum where there's no actual malt or grain used in the beer. And that's where I direct people to, or, or ciders even. So Yeah, have same, the exact same and, line. And so, but that's, I just wanted somebody who knows more than me to alcohol. give <laughs> some more information. I think it was a great answer. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, it's definitely not, you know, an end-all, be-all answer, but... Well, you a lot of things are an absolute in life, and that's yeah. one of those things. I think so at the end of the day, it's clear. It's like maybe just be responsible for your good time. Yeah, you take care regard, of yourself. You know, yeah. it's like you know, we don't know, but we're, we'll tell you it's there. But you know, maybe you should police. Yourself. Well, again, it's just like you know, if you tell somebody, oh, you know, you have a very slight gluten into- or lactose intolerance, yeah, you'd probably be fine. And then they go get sick; they want a piece of your butt. Right. So exactly. Like, I'm not going to tell you either way. Like, yeah, it's in there. Make your own mind yeah. up. Um, I'm going to give Jenny Reed a little shout out here. She will not listen to this podcast. Uh, I can make make her listen to it. She she is our brewer in Chillicothe. Uh, She brewed this beer. So we have a pub system in Chillicothe. Um, A woman named Jenny Reed, um, who lives in MacArthur in Southeast Ohio, um, brewed this beer for us. She's our our pub brewer there. And uh, it's called Imperial Stout. It's a... um, Imperial oatmeal stout, right? Or Imperial oatmeal yes. cookie stout. It's um no, we brewed it in collaboration with the Chillicothe Library. So they came in, the librarians oh. came in, like uh, brewed it, and that's what they wanted the name. Yeah, and they named it Shh. And so <laughs> it's a cute name. It's a cool beer. It's actually a really intense beer. It's ten percent alcohol. 
Um, like 10%. I was about to say, yeah. I would cheers her just in the fact that she didn't leave any booze. There's no booziness. Like, well, and she controlled lot, the yeast really well. So. And, a, and a lot of that, too, is because there's a lot of residual sweetness. So that residual yeah. sweetness kind of counteracts that alcohol character, too. And when it, you say counteracts, you mean in regards to taste, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. just in, fla- yeah, in flavor and how it feels. Like, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, hiding, it's hiding the booziness. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like having a really well-made mixed drink. And you know, having right. a shot, a shot. <laughs> you know, okay, cool. It might yeah. be the same amount of alcohol. No, it's but like you're I get to taste one way more than the other. And I definitely get that sweetness on there. So I was, I was sort of curious about that. It's great. Yeah, she. It's really good, Jenny. You did a great job. It's um, a lot of like caramel flavor and um, like um, like kind of some some like raisiny date like fruitiness, like okay. some dried d- darker fruits. Um, it's cool. It's a cool beer. I, I like it. This isn't. It's not um, as adjunct heavy as some of the beers, as in like flavor heavy, as in some of the beers that we've had so far. Um, and a little I f- more restrained. I feel like if we go back to, you know, circle back to our conversation uh, at hand, it's, um, I would say we want more flavors than this. Like we want more of a pronounced like, hey, it, we're going to write something on the label. Mm-hmm. Like it has this flavor, this flavor, and this flavor, and you're going to like taste every single one of these things. Yeah. I definitely would. I mean, definitely, like, if you call it a cookie, I don't really get the cereal kind of bready quality or like that. Uh, it's almost like she used Belgian yeast, so you get that, you, you get the kind of red fruit, like stewed fruit quality from the Belgian yeast. I don't really know that she did or didn't. Um, it is on it? Okay. Yeast, yeah. It's got some of that orchard quality, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like a little bit of that fruitiness from that. But um, it, yeah, it doesn't have that like, like even if there was like marisot or something like to leave some grain note to it to give it that cookie. Okay, but like the flavor, I mean, it's still really like again, really good, yeah, and especially you, like ten percent, like to make it that drinkable and like easy yeah, it's, drinking. It's kind of scary. For sure. <laughs> I like how much sweetness she left behind for sure, and I like like the really strong caramel note. Yeah. Um, that's it's like still really balanced, pleasant too. in your mouth. It kind of sticks around. It's like resinous. Um, the uh, yeah, I feel like <clears throat> so. There is a bunch of maris otter in this. Once you don't get it though. Like, one thing to be said about a it's lot actually of, mar- totally maris otter based. Is it? Yep. One pale, thing: to, pale chocolate, black malt. We did have to bump it with a little bit of DME to get the gravity up. Malted oats, crystal eighty. She like firmed it all out. One thing to say about these styles of beer, like something that really works in the marketplace and like at retail is if we model one of these after like a dessert, like after an actual flavor that people know and recognize, right? So if we choose like, I don't know if there's something that works with the jungle. Right. Where there is like, is there an international dessert that's like really popular? Um, I told somebody I was coming here and, and she was like, pick me up Tim Tams when you're there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I, had <laughs> I still to look haven't it up. tasted them, um, hear about them, hear about them. But I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I but like, I like them. <laughs> maybe we go towards like, I do know that if we said we're making Reese's Cup and we can't use the word Reese's, but if we said right. peanut butter cup stout with Jungle Gems, like it would go nuts. If we said we're making a, German chocolate cake stout with like XYZ dessert, mm-hmm. um, it'll work really well. Um, so we can just choose adjuncts that are fun and be like, hey, we, we all agree in this room that we like coffee and vanilla and caramel. Let's make right. a coffee, vanilla, caramel beer. It'll work. If we choose a dessert name, like, hey, we're going to make a Spumoni stout. Oh, shit. Now it's like, 
the like the saleability of it goes up. Um, so I don't know if like we want to consider that as we're going. That's just kind of a sidebar. Is that do you I mean, think setting those expectations will be problematic at all? Uh, for the consumer? <clears throat> yes. Uh, if we don't nail it, for sure. No, for sure. <laughs> it's problematic for you. Yeah. yeah, right. We're, exactly. We're layering pressure on to Scott if Perfect. we do that. But he, seems, he seems sturdy. He, he is. And it's 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 the better way to sell the beer. So like he's I know he's on board for that. Uh, but it definitely makes his world more difficult, especially with the time. Scott works in a production brewery. So like it's uh, the timelines that Scott has to deal with sometimes with yeah. like this beer needs to be out by at this point. Um, and we need to adjust it. We need it to taste exactly like this. Um, it's difficult. And, um, well, probably- I mean, some, some of it's sourcing, especially if you're talking about something where we're going to need to top note the flavor, which we probably will in this case, depending on what that flavor is. If it's something we've worked with before, I know right where to go to get it. If it's something we've not worked with before, then I got to make some calls, try to get some samples. Because uh, for every for every 10, ten uh fake Spumoni flavors that are out there, nine of them are absolute garbage. Right. Um, and by the way, when you say top note, is that just like whatever, like the first note that you're getting? Is uh, it's basically like, like, like we were talking about with like the pistachios, like you can right. brew it and you can use real pistachios, but it's probably not going to be quite enough pistachio flavor. So you're going to top note it with just a little bit of like uh, an extracted okay. pistachio cool. flavoring to kind of bump it over the top. Sweet. And again, it goes back to the ingredients where, where if, yeah. if all those ingredients can come through on their own, then you don't need. Correct. Like Correct. That. I, I'm, but it's a case by case yeah. thing. Like, I don't even know what's going on. So first, I got to figure out what that is, and then figure out if I can do it naturally or if I have to augment it. Uh, well, well, and if I have to augment it, I have to figure here. out what I'm augmenting <laughs> it with and where I'm getting it. I don't know. I I do feel like that the best thing that we can do is like what it like. You guys know John Williams obviously way better than we do. Is there a dessert that represents the brand or no? Like, is there something that's like? That's like no, you, usually, that was the Jumbo Jim side. Like every dessert ever is here. Yeah. Like I mean, you can find. I mean, there's candy cigarettes here. I mean, like where Ooh. else can you find candy Ow, cigarettes? We're not candy doing cigarettes. it. No, 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 no. We're not doing candy cigarettes. A smoke. I'm thinking a smoke stout with candy cigarettes. That's how we get the alcohol content up. We just threw it. We threw in one billion candy cigarettes. I'm sure whatever they're made from, it's not fermentable. Right? Doesn't matter. But I was thinking, and Jared and I talked about this on a sidebar, like a mole stout. So not your Mexican hot chocolate, which just has that touch of spice and touch of uh, chocolate that a lot of people have done, but the full on mole, like uh, ancho chilies, uh, the, the Mexican spice. brown sugar, yeah. all spice. So like, like how, so how spicy do you think you would like want it to be in that case? I don't want it to. to, to the only so the reason I say that is pepper beers are very polarizing. Yeah. Well, the. The mole, I think the mole doesn't. It's not overly spicy. It's just overly flavorful. It's like savory. everything's, every, yeah, everything's yeah. balanced. It's all circumferenced in one, and that's kind of the way I was leaning towards. And when I when I said it to Jared, I was like, I I want to do more like a mole versus a Mexican hot chocolate because twenty five breweries in the last two years have done a Mexican hot chocolate, and most of them I've been like weak, mm, not quite there. <laughs> One a little bit more. Right, you no, had no, me for no, a minute. No pressure, though. Right. You had me for a minute, and then on the back end, you lost me. You know. So like, I feel well, like those on the, two on the back end on the back end of the slight. spice side, or on the back end of like just the other mole flavor side, or uh, like, well, what's been lacking the, in them for you? It's. 
the balance of the spice and the chocolate. It's either more spice mm -hmm. and less chocolate or more chocolate and less spice. And <clears throat> I don't even remember the restaurant. The first time I had a, the mole sauce, like I almost licked the bowl. I was just like, this is so good. And I've had a lot of them that have been like, eh, it's okay. Let's be honest, Fern. I've caught you licking plenty of dishware <laughs> since my three You're not supposed here. to tell anybody. <laughs> That's what the show's about. No. But Stop watching me at lunch. <laughs> if anyone would like to stream. All right, so I, that, I want to put it in the unrefined sugar cane. So, like, I, I, I'll butcher the Spanish it's okay. word. But, like. Nobody's expecting you to nail it. Cielo or. Oh, I like the, It's like a. A burnt sugar, basically. Cool. Uh, It'll. I don't know how out. fermentable or not fermentable. I don't know if it's a hundred or eighty or ninety. Dude, if you're talking about anything, uh, it's sucrose. But it's I think like that that oh, kind of burnt sugar onto chili, and then bring in some undertone malt. chocolate malt some flavor. Of the, some of the ways to to deal with that sugar is one, we can like put the sugar straight in, but like a lot of times in beer, and like you know this, like if you throw in straight sugars like that, whether it's honey or maple syrup or whatever, like it doesn't come out. Oh wow, he's got it. I may have done a little so shopping run yesterday go, to prepare. So, hey, it, why don't you just start out this way? If you already had all this stuff waiting in the wings I'm to actually, bring out. I was sort of, sort of, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to even admit it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you were wondering, like, when is this surprise? I was just like, I went and shopped yesterday for this. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, though, like, if this was the route we were going to go, I was going to tell you that I'm going to go shopping through your dried peppers because every time I've ever done something in many, all of my previous, uh, Brewing lives, I always bought. Yeah, I don't know. I may have used those before, um, but this one I've definitely used, and yeah, I've always say, and I've always bought them at Jungle Gyms. And there, well, there's also so like where in the last podcast, Jungle's Let's like some get anybody to you know get anybody to take care of it for us. Like you need something, get the person to source no, it for you. Well, I so didn't know what this was. Oh, they're all spice berries. So I see that now. I went and just looked up a mole recipe, and I was like, okay, this looks like about right. So I tried to grab a little bit of everything. I also brought some coffee, too, just in case I ended up making it in the mix. This chocolate bar says it's for hot chocolate. See, so I thought that was If mean. I, like, eat it straight, it's going to be, like, real concentrated. <laughs> this one doesn't, like this one doesn't say it, but it has a picture of it. Powder. Well, I mean. Yeah, is it, like, a concentrate? I didn't open it up yet, but I thought the um, brand looked fun. It kind of tastes like Christmas. Um, <laughs> sweet. Like Christmas. Ain't going to break. Yeah. It has really crystallized um, sugar mm -hmm. in it. So you, you have like a really like crunchy textural quality. And to I'm it. assuming that's because it's probably designed to be melted. Does that sound right to anybody? It, yeah. A hot chocolate. Yeah. Too. It definitely yeah, tastes like hot actually, chocolate. I mean, if, if you just look at it, it's just mm -hmm. sugar that's been blended into the chocolate as it cools. Mm -hmm. You know when things are like. Labeled as hot chocolate that aren't though. hot chocolate. Like it's like ice cream and they call it hot chocolate. Yeah. This tastes like that. This tastes like yeah. hot chocolate. Yeah, there's straight up crystal and sugar in this. Yeah. It's, <laughs> wild, it's kind, kind of a wild see it texture. Sparkling I was going like, to say, you can see it in there. I've been mining for chocolate. You don't like cane sugar in there. there. That's what you do here. It's just a lot of chocolate eating, actually. It's probably kind of a great gig. Diabetes in a bar. Yeah, that's wild. It is good, though. It's kind of nice because you get like that, you get the sweetness you want, but you still get that rich cocoa, like the dark note. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, it's like taking Baker's chocolate and putting sugar on it so right. it's not yeah. as bitter. And then, I like yeah. your style, Scott. You're welcome to bake in my house anytime. <laughs> Bro, because like, I still taste like some fairly bittersweet chocolate. Right. Baker. 
And then, and then the also a bunch of sugar. Pops, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a nice balance. Okay, it's I, like you taste them both simultaneously almost. I like all this. You brought some coffee too. Maybe it's like uh I wasn't, you know, it didn't fit in the original recipe that I brought down or that I was looking at, but I was like, well, that feels like a note that would end up playing. And I felt yeah. like that was still kind of popular. I don't know. Hey, Dad, will you open this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this one. All so, right, so, so I, from I, now on, Max has to call me dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, I really please like... don't bring that onto my show, Ferd. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say daddy. Calm down. There's only one person who can call me that. Okay. She's picking me up later. <laughs> oh, this one smells way spicier than the last one. Really? Yeah, I'm actually cool. really glad I opened this one. Oh, it's like it's like oh, crumbly. Spice coffee. Let me hand this over to you, Jared. I'm still I'm a slow sipper now. Oh, that's, that's wild. This is this is a that's different a chocolate. Okay, yeah. cool. Excuse me. Bro, oh, don't take as big of a bite. It like crumbles into powder. Mm -hmm. Um, this is not a pleasing texture. <laughs> it has like a really um, like this is compressed into a chocolate bar, but it can turns into complete powder as soon as you bite it. Interesting. Is it spicy? It has like a cinnamon quality to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, as soon as I oh. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's really odd. That's very oh, good. Weird. Yeah, it's good though. Um, it it's is like good. If you put cinnamon sugar in your chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Actually, if you put a little bit of chocolate in your cinnamon sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that is really good. I, I want to try that as a hot chocolate. Actually, now this one spark this one sparkles in the light even more than the other. One. <laughs> oh, it's like dusty on your fingers. It's weird. Yeah, that's that's cool. Especially like when treat. you start thinking about beer and like thinking about okay, this should definitely have like a cinnamon quality to it. Brown sugar. <laughs> um, it's literally just eating brown sugar. <laughs> and it has and cinnamon. A chocolate kind like of it's form. a cinnamon quality. Yeah, like it's that chocolate too. I mean, you can mix a little cinnamon into brown sugar. <laughs> 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 Wait, what? obviously you're more of a sour fan. Or no, like, uh, this, this legitimately tastes like taste brown sugar. It just tastes like like. Mechanically pressed together brown sugar. Yeah. Okay. To where so it would hold a form until it some, touches something some liquid, and then and I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking pressure. at the box. So it's the just us throwing bars into the mash. Yeah. <laughs> the ingredients are sugar, chocolate, cacao, almonds, and cinnamon. What's cinnamon in Spanish? Where, where are the almonds word? at? Those are hidden somewhere. In it's there. A, it's, They're it's polarized. Part, it's part it's the binder. Yeah. Yeah. Like canela. Can I think it's canela. Oh, this is the binder. Yeah, it is canela. Canela. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this kind of fits this what we were talking lovely. about earlier, right? Where like you define an actual dessert that the beer is going to taste like. So right. like if we write yeah, some particular flavor, yes. If we write Mexican hot chocolate across the across the label, I love that. We can definitely do that. Or I'm sorry, mole. Yeah, that's like, not. What not yeah, we can do that. Not, that's not what we don't want. Mexican know, hot sorry. chocolate. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. We knew right. what you meant. We're going with a savior approach. So what does that mean to us, though? More more chile. I think I want to, I, 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 I would like a balance of all three. Like, you, you get a little bit of chocolate, you get a little bit of the, of, of the ancho chili or whatever, you know, chipotle or whichever chili you, you decide to use or blend of chilies you decide to use. And then, you know, a little bit of that kind of, I feel like if, if you're using, I mean, especially brown sugar, it always leaves a residual sugar flavor. There's always that molasses-y quality to it. Whether it's bit, strong yeah. or or hinted, um, it doesn't you know it doesn't ferment the same as like a, a pure corn sugar would, where you have no residual flavor and just fermentability. Um, 
So I think I would like to see like all three of those like really well blended, but not super overbearing. Okay. Interesting. I feel like the first try, and I don't, you know, again, I'm speaking entirely from a place of uh, lacking knowledge. So just a sandbag. No, you this have comment. a palate just like anyone else's. Thank you. I appreciate it's that. It's like, do you, do, you, do you like candy? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cool. It's like, and I like peppers. It's like the best of both worlds. I feel like the first chocolate makes more sense to me than the second one does, especially once the peppers and the allspice and all the other flavors start happening. I feel like the, that kind of overly granulated sweet and cinnamon flavor would... I feel like already it's not enough chocolate balance in there. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. That was sort of my thought, but. On the second bar, not on the first. Yeah, I feel like the second bar is like great if we were making Mexican hot chocolate, but for the sake of mole, I feel like you really need that like, oh, it's got to have a little hint of that chocolate, but it's also got to taste like peppers, but not so much like peppers so that my mom won't drink it. You know what I mean? All right, we're, we're all kind of speaking for Scott. Scott. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> How would you make this beer? I hope, yeah, Scott's just thinking of how he was going to make this the whole time. I'm hoping he's well, like, oh, I'm going to so add this, this. It's not so much how we're going to make it. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, using bars of chocolate doesn't work. Um, that's going to be a, a, an awful mess. So what we'll, what we'll do is we'll use cocoa nibs. Um, and we actually generally, when we do chocolate, we use a blend of cocoa nibs and cocoa husks uh, to get the, the chocolate flavor. Now, if you wanted to have, you know, the burnt, burnt sugar flavor stuff, that's fine. We get that, we'll get that in other ways. Um, it'll be, it'll be using some brown sugar. We'll probably use some molasses as well. Um, it'll, it'll add to residual, uh, sweetness a little bit, um, and try to bring in some of the, you know, some of that, uh, burnt sugar character you're looking at. Um, maybe even we'll use some Belgian candy sugar. We'll have to decide. Um, so yeah, you know, all all these things that, that you're that you're looking for are 100% doable. The trick is getting them all to blend and balance exactly the way you want, uh, especially when you're dealing with chili peppers, because um, <clears throat> we're not trying to get a lot of spice. We want more of the flavor. We probably would either choose some that are de-seeded or, or do some work to de-seed a lot of them, so we don't get as much spice. But um, what happens is you basically have to steep them in, excuse me, in the beer uh, so that, you know, all the flavors can get pulled out. Uh, the tricky thing about that is you know, if you put too many in, you know, you taste it on day one and it's not enough. You taste it on day two. It's too eh, much. It's getting, it's getting about there. You taste it on day three and you're like, okay, that's exactly how much I want. But then you have to get it out of those chili peppers, like right then and there. Um, so you've, so you've got to kind of sit there and, and see, you know, when it's exactly where you want, you got to be like, all right, cool. Hit the button on the machine. We're packing it right now, which is not super easy to do. Um, but even at that, uh, so yeah, so the, the longer it sits in the peppers, you know, more and more pepper flavor will come through. But then, you know, if you're like, oh, okay, we like the pepper flavor, but we wish it had a little more chocolate note to it now. Um, well, if the pepper flavor is where you want it, you can't really add more chocolate um, at, at that point because then you'll end up getting – more so it, the it's a the balance getting the balance of them all to be exactly where you want is 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 truly the trick uh in something like this not saying it can't be done and there there are you know a, a few things we can do where we can you know put some stuff in and let it sit for a few days and then you know we can all taste it and be and be like okay we think it's going in the right direction on this thing but we think it's probably going to be a little lacking in this thing and we can make make a few adjustments along the way uh for sure and then the argument, obviously, is, you know, if we go overboard on something, there's unfortunately no coming back, um, which I think we can I think we can we can manage that, um, you know, 
by starting a slope. But the other thing that means is what we probably would want to do is we'd want to shoot under on a, on like the peppers, potentially on like the chocolate character, let it get in there for a few days, do its thing, and then be like, okay, is that enough? Is that not? If it's not enough, then we can add a little more, and we just got to let it sit a few more days. Yep. Uh, so there's so there's a little bit of the, you know, okay, we can brew it, and we know how long it's going to take to do this, and how long it's going to take to do this, and then it's going to get to this stage where it's like, okay, it's at this stage now. We got to kind of screw around with it off and on for like a week to figure out if we can get it exactly where we want, and then once it's where we want, we got to go. So in this so the whole, timing of things can be can be a bit tricky with that. In this whole process, is there any sort of? I guess there's not really any way to like test the flavor preemptively, really, right? Uh, I mean, a little bit. Uh, it's some of these things can be a little hard to to scale when you're saying, okay, I want to try to like, you know, I'm going to take one of these chili peppers and I'm going to steep it in, you know, twelve ounces of beer for for a day or two and see where that's at. And you say, okay, okay that was pretty good, but then it's like, well. How do you know once you scale? They don't always scale linearly from right. a very, from especially like from a very small size. I mean, I mean we have we have values and stuff for like okay, here's where we think we should start based off of past experiences. Uh, and then the other, I mean, the other thing with peppers too is you know I I can make I can make a beer using you know exactly this many of this pepper and this many of this pepper and this many of this pepper and it comes out a spice level of here. Well, then a year later, I bought like a year later, yes. I go to make that beer again and I start with the, exactly the same amount of the same peppers, but they're from a different harvest from a different farm at a different sure. year when the growing season was different. And all of a sudden they have no flavor or they have four times the amount of flavor right. they did last year. Uh, so that's where you have to be, be a little careful and it's, it's best to like undershoot where you think you need to be. And then if it's not enough, you can always add, add a little more. Cool. Um, it's just all of those things take a little time. If anybody can do it, I think you can do it. I believe well, you, Scott. We can do it. it you just have to, it's going to take time. I mean, what I will say, though, from, from an adjunct standpoint, um, the things, the flavors you're talking about putting in this are not exceedingly expensive. Coconuts are kind of expensive. Um, but these dried peppers and stuff are really not that expensive in the grand, grand scheme of things. Um, the grain bill will be a little more expensive if we're, if we're using some, some molasses, things like that, but not – you know, you're not anything to the to the level of like you know a three pound per barrel dry hopped IPA, and then your your batch size is going to affect it too. So I I think like if we're going to do four packs in the I don't know Trent's our sales one of our sales guys he represents the store Trent what do you think the price should be uh, on the shelf? Are we sticking with six packs or right, you can go six pack or we can go packs? four pack. I, would, I, I wouldn't go over ten ninety nine. No, it. it, it I I want the price to work out, so I don't want a seventeen ninety nine six pack. Like, I don't want to price this out of the game. Like, <clears throat> this is our second beer. We want it to be approachable. I mean, affordable is all in the eye of the beer buyer, but approachable is more what I'm looking for. It's easier for us to make the cost make sense if we go to a, like, if we go to a four-pack, if it's going to be expensive, right? Like, if we're, like, teetering on that expensive end, let's go to a four-pack, and then let's up the price a little bit. But then in that same regard, you're going to have to up the ABV to make the consumer, like, understand the, the purchase price. Uh, if you go, for, it would say both. What, what are your opinions on four and then six? Ten ninety nine, thirteen ninety nine, probably. Just keep it in that same range of. All right, this is a little game of tennis. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> a ten ninety nine six pack, like what? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Where ten ninety nine is tough though. Everything's going to ten ninety nine. Okay, well, I mean, didn't we just have a ten ninety nine IPA that was nine ninety nine? Nine ninety nine. So. 
That's what I and mean. And again, like, like all, I don't. All, everything so, that you used to know at 999 is so, going to 1099. So now like, that you hear my adjunct and you hear, like, you, you hear the adjuncts, you hear that we can go lower on the, I mean, uh, what is stopping us from hitting that six pack 1099? Well, there is actually the math, which we can't do in this room because Scott actually has to make the uh, recipe and then it'll, you know, be put in my hands and I'll actually do the math and figure out like, does that, like, are we going to make money or lose money on this brand? <laughs> yeah, obviously we're trying to, to so make that, money. I can't I mean, do that. But like, before I go into that room, it is helpful to know, uh, like the realms that uh, we can be in. So I'm with, I'm, I'm with, uh, Trent. If we can do a 1099 four pack, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if it makes sense to you guys. And then if we go six pack, 1399. I mean, you guys didn't have trouble selling the OU. Oh yeah. So at 1399, those are six, those are six packs. Sorry. sorry. They're, they're six, six packs, packs, but they're also, I confuse what, 10, 10% or something. I mean, yeah. OU. Oh yeah. It's 10, 10, 10. Yeah. It was 11%. Okay. So, I mean, well, that's the other part of this discussion it's is like, okay, if we delivered you guys a, <clears throat> All right, let's call it thirteen bucks. Let's go a twelve ninety nine six pack. What do you think the ABV needs to be to to like where where are we comfortable with like hey this isn't some big hand sell like we have this awesome beer it's gonna taste fantastic right it's twelve ninety nine six pack where do you want that ABV I still want a drinkable like I feel like it's it's scary to get the ten percent with drinkability but. I mean, we have, okay. you guys obviously did nail, I mean, or at least Chillicothe nailed a ten, a super drinkable 10 percenter. Well, um, I feel like you're going dessert stout. Too. I was going to so say, a so lot like, of people, like when I drink super but that's sweet, like, quote unquote, stouts, I don't I, drink a bunch anyways. I don't but. necessarily want it to be super sweet. I wanted it, well, my vision was, was big body, good flavor. But none of it being like, I didn't want it to be cloyingly sweet. I didn't want it to be a pastry, a dessert salad. I'm pretty sure Fur did not want that either. Right. Um, I, we still wanted it to be a super easy to drink, light body, but still like, not light body, but chewy, you know, light body and chewy stout. Um, so I know big that's body, kinda, but balanced. You're just you're saying yeah, balanced. So it's like it's not. I don't want not, this. Well, like, it's not going like, to. I don't want you to drink. It's going to be six, doesn't want it, ten percent. Doesn't want it to be big body by being under attenuated and having just. Yeah, yeah, I get what he's saying. All right. Yeah. I feel well, like let the me, number me, eight point five has been like, screaming in my head the entire time. I was gonna say somebody talking. put a number to eight point five. Eight point five seems. I like eight point five. I like nine a lot. Just because, like, I feel like it. it well, gets, it's nine, then why not ten? That's when you get. I know into, like, it starts doing. That's it, 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 it's yeah, it's like slippery nine, slope. Eight point nine. It's a slippery slope, but if we say that ten is too much, which like I would agree with you on, um, especially if we're going to stay within a reasonable price yeah, point, so ten feels ten like, feels like too much. Uh, is eight and a half enough? Just because there's like think about the comparable brands out there, the double IPAs that are at eight and a half, like the price points that you see around. Th this was seven three. Uh, Coffee please is eleven ninety nine six pack. That's eight. at eight. Eight. Uh, if we go eight five, what was that? Eleven ninety nine for that beer. Yep. Did it sell out? It was. It's selling. Yeah, it's selling. So, it has high equity though, because we've been making it for as long as we have. Um, I would say let's get past that brand. I would say let's go eight five or not. You vote. A5 or not. You guys are all about the high. You guys. You, you, uh, 
Don't look at me. I just said that number because like every time you guys talked about it, ABV, it seems I was like, like you guys want to just want to go big, um, which is fine. I guess uh, maybe we should lean that way. Maybe that is. The I'm not trying trigger. to outvote you. I'm, I'm just saying. trying to think of like. <laughs> it's not that I'm, I mean. I just think the ingredients are going to make the price high, and if the ABV is low, no one's going to want to try to buy it. So ding ding. I think so. I, that's what we were trying to get at. I mean, is the real cost that it is going to be high? Because if it's the, if we the, have to come in at twelve ninety nine. Then yeah, I mean, I guess we should push the AVB as high as we can. The batch size, it's, it's all it's all on the size, right? If we're gonna keep this thing like a fun thing that's exclusive to Jungle Gyms, that you know is is everything that we want it to be, we have to like throttle this batch size to, to the, our smallest tank on the production side, which is the ten barrel tank, which is like inherently going to make the price high. Like yeah. I'm brewing ten barrels of this beer and I'm yielding six finished in package. Okay. Yeah, like it's like I got forty percent loss. Well, I mean, at that point, Jungle wants to give the best value to our customers. So then, yeah, I would say. Well, so, we, so, we, so, so you just you just said a ten barrel batch we're yielding six ish. Yeah, once so it's been into the package, yeah. we'll do okay. a little better in six. We, on this one, yeah, I, I rephrase that. The previous one was like the six. double J hopped. This one, yeah, it, it, probably, it might be it might be closer to seven. Yeah. So, I mean, what's what's our yield going to be at, at a twenty barrel batch? Eighteen. Eighteen. I mean, do you guys want to put Eight, a couple seven, kegs seven, on at your place also? Uh, that doesn't make up the rest of that that third that volume. Uh, but like we we can. Well, we've kept it exclusive to just you guys, just so people like feel good about it. But like we would take, I would take. At minimum, six half barrels off the top, so three more barrels. Um, and then, like, we could sell the pack. I don't really want to sell the package, though. I want no, the package I, to only I, I don't want you to sell the package either, but if we went, well, there's, there's, if we went four barrels caveat. each, if we went four barrels each for each store, four barrels, and then that would up our package a little bit more. So that takes but the four barrels four. carries us carries well, a little bit further for the package line. Th- there's another caveat here. Um, the way, because the way our tanks are designed and some other junk no one wants to hear about. Uh, I can brew 10 barrels and next size up I can brew is 25. Okay. See, I was but it's gonna I was thinking like, a 20. like 20. 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like like what I'm t- just saying like I, I I can't brew a 20 that yields 18. A 22 yielded. If you guys took what you said four each, four barrels each and then that that's, would up our case count that's to four barrels total, 60. Right? So then and, and then 60 cases each. And then we would want and then we would take what at least three barrels off that, so that's fifteen barrels left times fourteen cases of barrel, which would be two hundred and ten cases of beer divided by two would be one hundred and five each. Well, it's not like it's not a lot, but like it's it's more than you guys are talking about. You're talking about one pallet of beer. I think so you, then, you probably could have sold that much IPA. I don't know if you can sell that much. Yeah. That, that's what I that's, that's the question. The IPA, like, I don't know like, that, you that can was sell. such a such a hit that it's easy, but the but IPA is an easy sell. Yes, but once we Mole stuff, but once gotta, we get yeah, once we get past March fifth, we start to warm up and that sale is going to be farm here. Yeah, we we can come back for the next one. Well, the next one we go a little bit bigger, so maybe the mole stout. It's the last small batch. And we're it's talking like, about uh, we're talking about I, the most depressed time in the beer market too, right? Of, of like course. after New of Year's, course. like January through week nineteen is gonna be fucking slow. So what I would say let's stick on ten barrels. Fun and, and slow. And, yep. Fun and slow. Fun and slow. Fun and slow. I, I said 
You can say the yeah, F word. Yeah, yeah. I said fuck it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but no, I mean, it's, it, but that's why we all have to talk about this and put our heads together. That's why I definitely wanted him here. Yeah. Instead yeah, of me yeah. speaking for both stores, I wanted the other buyer at the other store here as well. The first so, batch was so small, easy, and we 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 surprise, can. I feel like we just. Yeah. I feel like we just made sense of ten barrels, though. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, yep. if we're I, at ten I barrels, got, I think you still got to do ten barrels. So, time. so mm-hmm. in that regard, Jared, I'm sorry. I think it has to be higher ABV, only because it's gonna be lower batch, like, and it's gonna be more cost. And I mean, again, I'm fine with if we're gonna provide value. I mean, but there's value me, there where it's like, hey, it's more dollars, but it's higher ABV. Yeah. So, it's like, like again, yeah, it makes more sense if you if it has to be that high a price point. That it, I definitely want. Well, I mean, we can. I mean, we can. We can cost it out. There'll be. We can cost it out. I mean, there'll be a little bit of of wiggle room we'll have to leave in there because we don't know exactly how many peppers we're going to have to use and stuff. Um, but we can. We can lay out a recipe that's at you know the eight and a half percent range with everything we're looking to put in. And say, hey, that's going to put us about here, and then we can look at that and say, oh. Okay, well, if that's where it's going to put us, then we need to put the little bit of extra cost in it to get it up to he's, nine or he, ten. He's right. Like the um, end all be all of this is a Scott actually has to put together the recipe and then deliver because we, the we make we so make come back we make come back and be like you know what we're that, fine. So. I'm not guaranteeing this, but we might come back and say, hey, at eight percent, with the stuff we're looking to put in it, you're going to be fine at you know. Twelve bucks. All right, let, let, fifty. Yeah. Or, well, let, I don't know. We're going to go. I don't know. We're going to go. I'm going to write as a note below ten. And then we're just going to see what which one I mean, makes I mean, the, sense. The, the cost difference between making this beer be 8% ABV and 9% ABV is not going to be very No, but like 8 to 10. Plus. Yeah, 8 yeah, to 10 eight now, to 10 now 10 we're starting to talk. Yeah, tricky. Yeah. Between yeah. 8, yeah. Between 8 and, but, but, you know, between, if you're talking like 8, 8 and a half to 9. I'd love for the label to have more ABV than Cockley. So if we're writing 8 on that, even if it says 8.3. Well, I mean, we can. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, you yeah, just push it to 8.5. Yeah. All right, just, make it a nice even that, number, right? Like, all, I'm, I'm going to say is legally we have a wiggle room of, of 0.25 percent. Cool, I'm into it. Does someone have a wine key? I don't. I'm useless. Actually, that's not true. I'm very useful, but just not in this singular instance. Let a bar and grab a wine key. Okay. 